Yeah, hi everybody. Uh, I'm Dwayne. Um, like, yeah, silence and solitude is challenging. It's hard. And maybe some of you felt like worship was a little bit easier. Th this is actually even easier. It's, I'm, I'm serious, and I'm going to prove it to you, okay? So I'm going to prove it to you because right now we're going to do a group fast. Everybody ready? Okay, go. See? See how easy that was? Like none of you ate anything for that time. So that's, that's the idea. Fasting uh, is, is interesting. It's not, it's not something that, that we have in our lives very often, um, at least not until recently. Um, if your Instagram feed is like mine, I get ads all the time that tell me that intermittent fasting will change my life. <laughs> that if I can just do an 18-hour fast, that I will lose weight, I will be healthy, and I will be awesome, right? Um, so it's kind of back in vogue a little bit. Um, we're not talking today about fasting for health reasons, uh, fasting to lose weight, or fasting for your blood sugar levels or anything like that. Um, fasting is something that we find in Scripture. Fasting is something that um, we read about in the Bible and kind of skip right over. Uh, in some way, we kind of think, well, that doesn't really, really apply uh, to me. So I hope the clicker works. Let's see what we got. So what is fasting? Um, we're just going to talk about this a little bit. Obviously, you, you probably know, like, fasting means going without food, right? So we'll, we'll get more into some details about that in a minute. But I want to talk a little bit just about conceptually um, what, uh, what some of these things are. First and foremost, fasting is biblical, but it's not a command. So I wanted to make sure that I just throw that out there. If we see fasting throughout Scripture. We see fasting. Moses fasted. David fasted. Um, in the New Testament, we, Paul has periods where he fasted. And probably most significantly, we see that Jesus fasted. And so it's kind of curious to me to think that in, in many of our Christian traditions, um, fasting wasn't necessarily as prominent as some of the other things, some of the other practices that we do for our internal life, um, when we, we plainly see that Jesus did it. Um, and he did it multiple times throughout the Gospels, and he even did it for a really, really long time, 40 days. Um, and so what is that about? Like, okay, so it's there. It's biblical. We know that it's a practice that both the Hebrew people in the Old Testament and the followers of Jesus in the New Testament did in order to draw closer to God. So we know it's there. But it also isn't something that the Bible says you must do this. There's, it's not like a command that says you need to fast, right? Um, I wanted to, to kind of center our, our time today on a passage uh, from Matthew 6. Uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus gives the Sermon on the Mount, so where he kind of gives his um, collection of, of wisdom and teaching for, for life. Um, and in Matthew chapter 6, um, we see he's actually talking, um, sorry, I need to find it again. There we go. Um, so he, he kind of groups three practices together. At the beginning of Matthew chapter 6, he says this to, to kind of intro his little three-point sermon. He says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Then he goes on to say, so when you give to the needy, don't announce it. Don't blast a trumpet. Uh, don't do it to get attention. Do it in secret. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, right? Then your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. So that's about giving. And then the next thing he says is, and when you pray, don't do like the hypocrites do and do it on the street corners and, and do all this stuff to like get it, draw attention to yourself. He says, do it in secret. 
because your father will know what you need. And then he goes on to give an example prayer and says, our father who art in heaven. And that's where that, that uh, Lord's prayer comes from. And then right after that, he says this in verse 16, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. In other words, clean up, take a shower, like do your normal routine, right? Put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So not only did Jesus fast, he tells us about fasting. And he tells us when you fast, which is one of the things I love. He doesn't say you must fast. He says when you fast. There's sort of an expectation that you will fast. And so he says when you do, here's how you do it. I also love that it's in this list of three things that we talk about all the time. The first two, giving to the needy, praying, fasting. (laughs) It's in the same list. And we're just like, oh, no, I love my food, right? It's really, really challenging. So fasting is biblical, but it's not a command. Um, Another little definition that I think is important is fasting is usually a private thing. We just heard from the words of Jesus. He says, "Don't, don't do it in public. Don't make a big deal out of it. Don't announce it. Don't tell everybody what you're doing so they can, you know, uh, be, be awed by your amazing faithfulness, right? He says people who do that, that's their reward, If they're looking for for attention from other people, then that's all the reward they'll get. But if you do it in secret, God will reward you. So it's usually done in secret, but I I say usually because there are times um, in both biblical history and in church history where groups of Christians have engaged in group fasts for a period of time, for a particular end, for a particular purpose. And so that's, I'm not saying that that's not okay, that is totally fine, Um, but usually it's a private thing, it's something you do, it's between you and God. Um, And so that's, I think, another point of clarification I think is important. Um, Here's probably the most important thing. Fasting always goes with prayer. It's in this list that Jesus gave us. It follows immediately after prayer. And you see it throughout Scripture. Prayer and fasting. Fasting and prayer. Prayer and fasting. Fasting and prayer. Going without food, abstaining from food, um, isn't necessarily in and of itself something that makes you more holy, right? Otherwise, all the health nuts who are doing intermittent fasting would be better Christians than we are. Um, But that's not the case. Prayer goes with fasting. It has a purpose. When you abstain from food for the reason to, like, for the purpose of connecting with God, prayer is what accompanies that. So when you fast... You are praying. You are focusing on God. You are reminded of that connection with God. You are deepening the connection with God. So fasting with a purpose. Fasting is abstaining from food for the purpose of connecting with God. So it always goes with prayer. So whenever you fast, you need to have times of prayer. You need to have dedicated times where you are focused and reminded uh, of your connection with God. Okay, so that's a little bit about what fasting is. But I want to talk about why, because that's the big thing. Like, oh my gosh, why would I do this? It seems kind of weird that going without food would somehow connect me to God in some mysterious way. But when you think about it, like, sitting in silence is just as weird. How does sitting in silence connect me to God? So there are things that we do that we're told in Scripture that that help draw us nearer to God. 
and and maybe we can question them a little bit, but maybe we shouldn't question them that much. Maybe we should just do it. So I want to talk a little bit about the benefits, because there are benefits, and I do think that fasting is something uh, that really, really brings us uh, closer to God. First and foremost, fasting reveals what controls us. Uh, now what I mean by this is, um, if you've ever fasted, and I haven't done this a lot, but but I have, I have had periods where I have done this, um, typically... You go without food, one of the first things that comes up is probably the, the negative thing that is closest to the surface, right? Um, if you've ever experienced being hangry, right, um, you can blame it on the hunger and you can blame it on the lack of food, but the truth is there's probably just a little bit of anger right there bubbling right below the surface anyway, right? Sometimes when you go without food, it, it reveals like, wait a minute, why, why am I so angry? Or why am I so, so sad? Or why am I experiencing these emotions that come up? It's a similar thing when you engage in uh, like a silence practice, a practice of centering prayer. Like these emotions sort of bubble up. When we, when we set aside food and we're in this p- state of, of craving or longing or needing, we, we realize there are these sort of negative things that are just right below the surface. And it brings them out and we can prayerfully work through those things and offer those things to God. When you fast, it puts you in a state that, that definitely shows you what are the things that are controlling me. What are the things that, that, are, that are tossing me back and forth in, in, in the boat of my, of my life, right? I also think, number two, that um, fasting reveals that God sustains us. Um, there's, there's this amazing little, little uh, brief kind of the end of a, of a story in John chapter 4. Um, and Jesus is talking with a Samaritan woman at a well. And, and they have this whole conversation about living water and things. But his disciples aren't with him. And when he's done with that whole encounter, Scripture says that, that the disciples rejoin him. They come back and they find him. And um, it's, probably, it's probably accurate to say that he was fasting. He was probably fasting for some reason because his disciples come back and they say, hey, can we give you some food? You really need to eat something, Lord. Like they're trying to look out for their rabbi, right? It's like he's, he's not been eating. So, okay, Lord, you really need to eat something. And Jesus says this. He says, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. And, of course, the disciples, being the clueless guys they were, they're like, um, did, did, some, did he door dash? Like, how did he get food? I don't understand. What is he talking about? Did, he, did somebody get, bring him something? They literally said, did somebody bring him something? Like, did we miss it? And he says, no, guys, no. My, my food, what sustains me is to do the will of him who sent me, is to do God's work. Now, this sounds a little kind of like mysterious and, and frou-frou, but when I, t- when I say that God sustains us, when you fast, it does a couple of things to remind you. Number one, it reminds you of where all food comes from. Whenever you eat, you are enjoying the providence of God, the blessing of God, the bounty of God, um, because he gave you the ability to earn whatever money you use to buy that food. He also makes the rainfall and the sunshine, and so any food that comes, whether it's grain, cow, pig, or chicken, like it's coming from a living thing that God has created. So those things come from God. But it also reminds us, when we are without food, that God can sustain us really genuinely, truly, in some very real ways. That it's not the food that gives us purpose and direction in life. It is the work of God. It is being part of God's kingdom and part of God's family. So when we fast, it's a very short, brief reminder that, okay, that's not the purpose of life. God is what sustains us, right? So that's one of the things that is really beneficial about fasting. Uh, and then the last one here is 
Um, fasting can help us keep balance in our life. Um, we, we live our lives with cravings and desires all the time, right? Um, food, good, good food and drink. Um, yesterday, went with some friends to, uh, to New York and um, went to see a show, but we had a really amazing meal before that. We went to a Cuban restaurant, and it was just like, oh, it was, it was awesome, right? And so sometimes you're like, oh, man, I really want to have a great meal. I want to ha taste that favorite dish of mine, right? Sometimes our cravings are for other things. We, we crave... Um, you know, our, our phones have this control over us that we want to, like, we crave that dopamine hit of getting the next, the next thing on our phone. Or we, we crave uh, attention from others. We crave some, some sort of, like, like relational connection and, and that sort of thing. Like, there are things that drive us. And when we fast, what we do is we are reminded that we can control those cravings. Fasting, one of the things that I have learned most through, through uh, the, the few times that I have done this, is that we, we sort of, I, I sort of lived my life thinking that hunger controlled me. But through fasting, I realized that I can control hunger. That I can set aside that craving with the head knowledge that I'm not going to die for at least 40 days, right? I know my body can handle it. So I can set aside that craving and say, I might feel uncomfortable for a little while, or it might be challenging, but I am the one that is in control, not the craving, not the thing that I am seeking after. So that's one of the things that I think fasting does for us. This practice of fasting is, like so many of the things we're going to talk about over the next few weeks, it is an internal thing. It's not to be shared with the world. It doesn't necessarily, it's not a magic formula that makes you a better person, but it deepens your inner life. It helps you, on your journey with Jesus, doing things that, that really, really help. Um, I will say that it can be challenging uh, in our modern society, to, to find a time and a place to fast. Uh, I remember the first time I really encountered someone who did this, um, and it was actually when I was in seminary. I had, I, was, I had graduated from college. I had been a Christian for many, many years and was in seminary um, working in a church full-time. So I went to a seminary that um, actually went to an extension campus that was designed for people who were full-time ministers. So we went to class all day Monday, right, because we did our work on Sundays, and most of us agreed with our churches that employed us to let us to have Monday off. So people from San Antonio and Austin would all come together to this place, and we would start at like 9 a.m., and we'd go till 9 p.m., 12 hours every week of seminary. And so a bunch of us were all 20-somethings, and, you know, it was dinner time, and we were hungry, so we're like, hey, let's run. We're going to jump in this guy's car, and we're going to run over here to this, this restaurant, and we, we drove through. It was like a Wendy's or something, and we're driving through, and uh, um, some of the some of the guys in the car I knew pretty well, but but one of the guys I didn't know him that well, um, and uh, he was I remember he was up in the front seat, and we were in the drive-through, and I had one of my friends who worked with me at my church. He he was pretty he was one of these guys he was, he was pretty like aggressive and pretty like yeah come on let's do this and so he's like what do you want to eat man, and as he was like I'm, I don't need anything. He's like oh sir come on man you can you need to eat something you can't eat nothing come on you need to eat something and no no I really I don't I don't want anything. Well well is it money look I'll cover you I'll pay for you for, like he just kept at it and kept at it like come on you need to eat something and so finally the other guy in the front seat was like I'm actually fasting, so I'm not going to eat anything, and I remember like. It sort of like shocked me for a second. I mean, we're in seminary. It's not, it shouldn't be surprising that somebody was fasting. But like in, in my little Baptist life, I had never really encountered somebody who did it. And so I had these feelings of like, like A, it's kind of weird that he was being so secretive about it. 
but no, but yeah, he probably should be secretive about it because I know that Jesus says don't do it in public, but, but then why did he get in the car and come with us to Wendy's? Like, I, like the whole thing was confusing to me. And so I, I think it's just the, a story to illustrate that it can be challenging because if you're fasting but you're trying to not let people know, we eat and drink so often with each other. Like, like six times a day. Hey, you want to go get some coffee? Hey, how, here's a slice of cake. It's so-and-so's birthday. Hey, come on, let's go to lunch. Hey, what are we having for dinner? Like, to, to not engage in consumption of, of anything but water is really, really tough and challenging. So all of that to say, part of this whole message series, what we want is we want you to try these things. So if you would like to try fasting this week, I will tell you it's going to require a little bit of advanced planning. You're going to need, want to figure out when can I do this and how do I do this. So what I would recommend and, and what I have, have found from the things that I've read, fasting for spiritual purposes, you could start very simply by just like maybe skipping one meal. You could skip one meal, um, maybe replace that with prayer, and maybe every time you feel hunger, maybe you could just kind of take a brief moment and center yourself and pray. That would be an easy way to start. What, a, what most people recommend to start is actually a little bit longer, is to try to do a 24-hour fast. But, so that's not skipping three meals, that's only skipping two, right? So you might eat breakfast, and then you would skip lunch and dinner and eat breakfast the next day. Or a lot of people find lunch to lunch is easier. So you can eat lunch in the middle of the day because you, you're sleeping for most of the time then, right? So then you, eat, you skip dinner, and you, you wake up in the morning, you skip breakfast, and you wait until lunch. So something like that, and use that... 24-hour period to kind of focus yourself on Jesus. Maybe incorporate some of the worship practices that you guys were just talking about that, that helped you out. Maybe incorporate some silence and solitude. Definitely focus on some prayer. As you get better at fasting, you can go longer and longer um, and sort of do like a full day, like a 36-hour. So you skip three meals. But, um, but again, it, it, can be, it can be tricky to sort of plan ahead and to do that. So I would encourage you, if you want to do it this week, kind of make, make some plans and figure out how you're going to do that. Um, especially, you know, if you've got kids and stuff and they have to eat on certain schedules and things. Um, so all that to say, um, I, I do think fasting is an amazing uh, grace of God. Like all of these things we've been talking about, it is a gift from God that helps us to connect more deeply with him. Um, it is something that, uh, that not only will help you connect deeply with him, but there, there are unique things about it that, that you won't be able to, to find any other way. I'm going to read to you this final thing uh, is a quote uh, from Richard Foster in the Celebration of Discipline where he talks about prayer. And he says this, he says, fasting can bring spiritual breakthroughs that will never happen in any other way. I'll read that again. Fasting can bring spiritual breakthroughs that will never happen any other way. So, that was a very short message because there's really not much to it. Jesus fasted. We should fast. We should try it, see if it works, right? Like, I mean, that's kind of it. That's kind of the idea that, that we're doing here. Um, let, me, let me follow with one, one final quick thing. Um, when we talked about this message on the pastoral team, we, we talked about how you can, you can abstain from other things in your life and call it a fast. We often may, maybe we could take a, um, a social media fast or a complete fast from your cell phone. Or maybe you can take a fast from, from television. Um, and I think those things are healthy and those things are good. Um, I wanted to focus today's message specifically on the abstaining from food because that's what 
scripture means when scripture talks about fasting and because i know our our culture and our society is very food centric that i think that is a really really important thing for us to be able to to do to have the willpower to set aside our cravings and to to fast for a period of time um so uh with that said let me pray for us and then we'll we'll move on jesus we see in scripture that you modeled this practice for us And as hard and challenging as it is, um, I pray that you would give us a desire to follow your lead in this way. Step outside of our comfort zone and engage in this spiritual practice that maybe we've never done before. Or maybe we've tried once or twice and it didn't go well. Or maybe we just forgot about it. Give us the courage and the strength to do this. And Jesus, I pray specifically for my friends here in this room today as they, and on Zoom, uh, as as anybody uh, here at LifePath engages this week in this practice, I pray that you would show them that it is a blessing. I pray that you would lead them in, in deepening their relationship with you through prayer and worship while they fast. Uh, We offer this to you. This, again, is a, it is a, a practice, it is a discipline, it is a something we engage in, but we do it because we know it is a grace, it is a grace from you, it is a blessing from you. So uh, we offer it to you and ask you to use it to shape us and send us as you always do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.